Hey, podcast people. Tony Stark here. The show is called Re-MCU. These guys had the brilliant idea to do something no one else has. Rewatch the Marvel Cinematic Universe and talk about it. Top-notch idea, fellas. Congrats. Anyway, let's see what brilliant thoughts come from this. Take it away, boys. Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode number seven of Re-MCU. I'm Jared Kingery. I'm Cody Viafania. And joining us today to talk about the seventh film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, a uh, returning guest now uh, has been across all three of our podcasts that we have here in the uh, CineSnob universe, Jerry Rocha, comedian Jerry Rocha. Welcome, Jerry. What's up? Thank you for having me. This is good. Right. I, I do feel now like when Iron when uh, Ant-Man finally showed up in Avengers. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> It was civil, civil, civil war when he uh, civil, helped, helped yeah. out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so you're here um, for uh, a very specific reason, in that you actually love Iron Man three. I do. I, 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 and even more so after watching it last night. <laughs> I, I just think it was. Uh, yeah. Oh, well, we'll get into it. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't yeah. want to burn everything. But yeah. So, so um, a little background here. This is the first film. Uh, the first single character film following 2012's The Avengers, which Cody, you and I talked about on the last episode, mm-hmm. and we talked about how that sort of changed this whole um, storytelling. Uh, the storytelling of this whole universe for, at that point. However, it doesn't seem like Iron Man three. Uh, the screenwriter, uh, who's screenwriter Shane Black, and uh, um, uh, who's the other Drew Pierce? Drew Pierce and uh, obviously director Shane Black. It doesn't seem like they got that memo, or at least <laughs> purposefully ignored it, uh, because this is very, uh, very much doesn't fit after Avengers. There's no, only I, one reference to a, to yeah. the actual team. It too yeah. is when uh, the when when uh, Killian says once the big guy with the hammer fell out of the sky. Like that's the only time. You and then, then the other time when when I think it's uh, Don Cheadle calls it the Super Friends. Like there's like two references tops to the actual Avengers but, team. By the, I, I'm glad you mentioned the Super Friends because that reminds me, Jerry. Like it, it's always kind of, of of fascinating to think of like the backstories in these films. So does that mean like Batman and Superman exist as fictional characters in this world? That's what I well because it, do you remember the I don't know if it was the first or second Sam Raimi Spider Man. But the big joke in the trailer was when Aunt May tells him, you got to calm down. You're not Superman. Yeah, yeah. And like that was like the big joke uh, of the of the trailer. I think that was part one. I, I think it was. was. Two. I think it was. Yeah, one. but like so I kind of I, I don't think there's any like animosity between the two companies. So I think <sighs> they like to throw these those little winks at each other every now and again. You know, um, I always wonder how I always looked at it. Uh, also in uh, uh, Man of Steel, which we'll talk about a little later because it also came out this same year. Um, there's that like flashback scene where he's um, Clark Kent is posing in a cape, like mm-hmm. a towel around his neck. I'm like, where did he even get the idea for that? <laughs> right, because that's clearly a Superman influence. Yeah, he uh, was the first one. Yeah, <laughs> he was, he was, <laughs> it's a trendsetter. Um, so uh, that would have been also, funny if he was just watching Liberace. You know, like the, the, in the in the director's cut, he's like he just was he loved Liberace, and he's like, you know what, I'm doing that shit. That's, I, I'm getting a cave. So, but I'm doing. you know what, this reminds me of um, the, the kind of uh, 
half-hearted references to this. And they also uh, specify Ty Simpkins' character, the kid uh, Harley, calls it New York. Uh, they yes. refer it. It yeah. reminds me of um, of what I watched of the Netflix Marvel shows, where they just sort of halfway referenced the fact that well, that all this stuff yep. happened. Yeah, yep. and I, I think the interesting part too is that thematically, the it it sort of and we'll dive into it a little bit more later, but it gets into Tony's essentially PTSD he has as a result of the events of the Avengers, yes. but it's almost, it's, it's almost thrown at you without like, like they're like, okay, so obvious it, it's the first one to me, Marvel movie that feels like, okay, so you've obviously seen all of these so far and you've obviously watched the one before it. So we're not even going to mention what happened and you're just going to see Tony suffering from, from PTSD here. But, but, yeah. but it also, you know, especially after a triumphant win that, that really closes the Avengers and after this big, mashup thing it is it's a little bit weird it felt a little bit weird to me um this being the movie that's directly after it where you know like it becomes this big huge thing especially within stark's world and then it's he's completely isolated and on his own with you know barely even talking about it yeah uh so so jerry you mentioned that you we talked about this just a few minutes ago at the top of the show you love this movie what is it you love about it the most um, it's, I look at it as a, well, to real quick to Cody's point, that is the one thing I don't love about the movie was, and I know they had to do it for the story, but when his mansion is getting destroyed, you think like Thor would maybe just show up <laughs> and take out one of the helicopters, you know, like, you know, just, uh, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. like, um, but I just, I mean, you know, Thor leaves at the end of Avengers. He flies off to Asgard with Loki, you know, and, you know, it's, and it is it being such a mark for the comic books. That is how a lot of those things happen. You know, like sometimes Tony just has his own shit happen and none of the Avengers show up to help him. Um, and then sometimes they're all there, you know, it's just, uh, it's, it's, but what it, I love about it was it, and to me, it answered, um, what I thought was the pivotal shot that was taken at his character in, Avengers, because in the Avengers movie, the, two things are kind of thrown at him. He's selfish, and he solves that problem by just thinking he's going to sacrifice himself to deliver the nuke through the wormhole, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's – I really love how they answered what I thought was a – what they don't answer in, in, in the movie is when Captain America, when, when Loki's scepter is affecting them all, and he says, you're just a man in a suit. Take away the suit. What are you? And that's what this movie is. This movie's like, okay, you know what? Yeah, let's, we're going to get rid of, he's not going to wear the fucking suit till the end of the movie. Like, that's it. We're, we're just, it's him. Let's see what he can do without his toys. And that's what I, that's what I just absolutely loved about it. That's a good point. I never really thought of that as a response to that scene of the Avengers, mostly because as I mentioned, it doesn't seem to really follow the Avengers at all. And, and, and to the point of, of, um, you know the the superhero like the other heroes not showing up. I get it. It's a kind of a cliche question at this point. Like, why? Where was Captain America? Right. right. But I think I think this movie, uh, Iron Man three, betrays some of the universe of Iron Man two, which was all about like Shield coming out and helping. Like, it doesn't seem like this would be a situation that Shield would sit out. Uh, right. You know, the, right. The, the presidential assassination and the. Um, the uh, um, you know destruction like <laughs> a foreign attack on U.S. Sure. soil. This it's very uh, it feels very much 
like the and I was talking to Cody about this too. It feels very much like the capper of a standalone Iron Man trilogy that has no other association with anything. Like yeah. this is how the Raimi story would have ended for Spider Man if it if Spider Man three hadn't gone right. off the rails. Right. Like well to the Shield thing, I think the way they answer that, and again, whether it's done well or not, but I just being a fan of both those characters so much since I was a kid, like I, I kind of I kind of assumed that War Machine or Iron Patriot kind of took the place of Shield as far as just being the face of protecting yeah. America. You know, like as it was like, okay, well now we have this other Iron Man that we can just throw at any threat, you know, <laughs> and who and of course had they not fallen for Killian be, being part of AIM and 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 you know, kind of sabotaging the outfit, then that would have been fine, you know? Like so uh, uh it it also um um brings to mind the question of like where are, are we still because okay i'm sorry let me to, to babble on here for a second the first iron man film when cody and i talked about it it's um we noticed how very rooted it was in the world at the time the war on terror yes. oh yeah um this one seems to kind of go back to that a little bit oh yeah which seems like a weird take to me after aliens having arrived <laughs> that you're still worried about you know a a, a a terrorist kind of a charismatic terrorist yeah um, I, I mean i mean it's it's hard to ignore the fact that you know the the mandarin setup is almost entirely like bin laden in in the way right. that it looks in the way that it like you know the, 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 videos. the videos and yeah yeah and and, and so it, it was that's a great point and one that i actually did kind of write down and and, and, and notice big time was that um it's sort of it's almost it, it feels very um like like we had mentioned that the first Iron Man feels like a product of the Bush era, and this almost feels more like a direct sequel to Iron Man than the third in a trilogy, like like or even right. something that follows the Avengers. And I was surprised just how much like like terrorism imagery there was um, at this at, at this at this juncture, not only in the story but you know for 2013. Yeah, it, yeah, it it doesn't really seem to fit. I don't know. I I've got some problems with the structure of of the story, uh, with that stuff. But uh, um, you know, I I think that that it's it's a good movie. I just don't know that it's a good uh Marvel movie at this. What point. I what I love actually I loved the fact that they brought it back to the first. And there's even the wink, the the very obvious wink at the opening scene when right. he's in. Switzerland and the scientist that helped save him in the cave is there, right? And he ignores the guy, you know? Um, but what I loved about it was like that idea of, oh, fuck, there's still shit going on here. Like, yeah, we took care of aliens, but Jesus, there's still this fucking asshole. Like, who's, you know, like, the, I just love the idea of a terrorist group that just isn't phased by any of that. And it's like, oh, yeah, great. Aliens, whatever. We're still going to do what we want to do. Like speaking, that's what I actually really enjoy. I actually loved how it took it back to the first one that way. Yeah. Speaking of of that opening scene, I just want to mention real quick before we move on to the next segment that I loved the sort of um, shitty uh, Vincent Vega look they gave John Favreau. Oh, that was so perfect, wasn't it? Like he clearly was trying to look like Travolta in Pulp Fiction. I loved that. Yeah, that was that was so funny. Yeah, that was great. This is a new level of lame. Sorry. You ate without me already on date night? He was just... You, you mean you? Well, yeah, I just mean we were just just hosting you. 
while I finished up a little work. Uh-huh. And yes, I had a quick bite. I didn't know if you were coming home or you were having drinks with Aldrich Killian. What? What? Aldrich Killian? What are you checking up on me? Happy was concerned. No, you're spying I on wasn't. me. I'm going to bed. Come on. Come on. Hey, I admit it. My fault. Sorry. I'm a piping hot mess. It's been going on for a while. I haven't said anything. Nothing's been the same since New York. Oh, really? Well, I didn't notice that at all. You experience things. And then they're over and you still can't explain them? Gods, aliens, other dimensions? I'm, I'm just a man in a can. The only reason I haven't cracked up is probably because you moved in, which is great. I love you, I'm lucky. But honey, I can't sleep. You go to bed, I come down here, I do what I know. I tinker. Threat is imminent, and I have to protect the one thing that I can't live without. That's you. And my suits, they're, uh... Machines. They're part of me. A distraction. Maybe. I want to talk about what we actually thought of the movie itself. Um, you know, we there's there's a, I think there's a, a take of it, take on it as a movie on its own and as a part of a bigger whole. So, Jerry, tell us what you thought of it, like in, in those two terms. Um, I thought as just a movie. Uh, let's say we're saying like just forget you'd seen anything in Marvel before, right? Well, I mean, say, let's let's be let's be fair to it and call it part of a, the Iron Man trilogy. Yeah. Um, I, I thought, well, here's why I thought it was, I love, I, one of the reasons I really enjoyed it was to me, you know, um, it didn't feel like Iron Man was ever a trilogy. It just felt like it was just continuing stories. Like there wasn't a, a whole overarching thing. It was more like Indiana Jones where it's just like, oh, just make movies with this guy. Right. Like, you know, instead of a, you know, we have the birth of, the new hero who is then going to eventually take down Darth Vader and the emperor two movies later, you know, like this is more just like, you're just watching um, a film about a popular character that we're just going to, if we can, we'll make five or six of these, you know, like that kind of, that's kind of what I enjoyed about it is that it was just, to me, it was just like reading another story arc in the comic books about Tony Stark. Um, And that's, that, that's one of the, and as a Marvel film, I kind of liked that there wasn't much. I mean, and then I forgot to mention at the beginning part, the only other nod to the Avengers is the end credit scene, which most oh, yes. most of the movies had been building towards Thanos or something else in the end credits. And this was just like funny. Like, oh, he's trying to, you know, use Bruce Banner, the fucking person who can't control his emotions <laughs> as, a sh- as a shrink. I thought that was hilarious. Like... Like that was so all of it just seemed to be its own little world. And I think they just wanted to uh, kind of try to again, instead of saying, okay, now we've had the aliens show up. We know Thanos is coming. We know that all these Avengers are now a team. Instead of just making this like how the second, which I, and I loved Winter Soldier, I mean, Civil War, instead of making this like Civil War, where we just mm-hmm. are really, let's just kind of try to do one more little standalone with this character. And I, I really loved how I just felt like Robert Downey Jr. too seemed to really embrace that and just run with it. Like, I think it's one of his best performances in, in, you know, in the Marvel stuff was that, was that 
part three. Cody. I think that's one of the reasons I liked it. Cody. Yeah. So my, you know, it's it's interesting to look back on this because um, I, I we didn't really you and I didn't talk about how we felt when we first saw the movie, but this was a movie that I really did not like uh, when it came out. I remember leaving the theater being really disappointed and let down, um, especially after the high of the Avengers, which I felt was the best Marvel movie at the time. Uh, and also one of the better comic book movies that I had ever seen. And so I remember being disappointed and this time around, I wasn't as disappointed, but I do, I did find a lot of problems with it and things that I didn't like as much. Um, you know, I, this is not going to be a secret to either of you, but I, I, I the, sort of the light bulb went off in my head um, that like 90% of these comic book movies are about like, uh, like some scientist who's created a power that's being used in a way that it shouldn't be used. And like, why well, you really it, cracked the code, Cody? <laughs> <laughs> I, I know, but but I had this, but I was, but when I was watching it, I was like, this this movie feels like the the plot line is feels like it's been done a million times before, and that's because it has. And so, right. uh, it, it just the the, the storyline of that and in the extremist stuff, I think is is really kind of generic. Um, I think that uh, it, it's one of the things that I was looking for, and I know that Jared and I disagree on this a little bit, um, and not sure how you feel, Jerry, but, um, you know, one of the big reasons I was so excited about this movie when it was announced was because it was going to be Shane Black. And, uh, you know, obviously, well, maybe to some people, uh, but Robert Downey Jr. and Shane Black worked together on Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which is sort of the, the, the project that got Shane Black involved with this. And when Favreau dropped out of this and decided to move on from the Marvel Universe, essentially, um, I think this is the last movie he was really super tied into. Um, you know, Robert Downey Jr. wanted Shane Black and brought him in. And I had trouble finding Shane Black's fingerprints on the movie. I, because I feel like a lot of the the storyline is is a bit generic, and then the, the dialogue I don't think is as snappy as I would have come to expect. I mean, there's there's funny lines. There's the there's the great line when he finds the kid, and um, and and uh, Tony has the line of uh, like "Dad's leave, no need to be a pussy about it," uh, <laughs> which which is a great moment in the movie. Um, but I didn't I didn't find the especially with a character like Tony. I didn't I didn't I thought it was the least snarky that Tony had been in any of really? his appearance. I did. Yeah. I, 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 it's and, and that's even with Iron Man too, because I think Iron Man two has a great grip on that sarcasm too, especially in those scenes where he's, you know, um, testifying or whatever. Or, uh, and, um, and this is interplay with, 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 with Gary Shandling, yeah. Sam Rockwell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but I think the thing that, that really bothers me about the movie, um, it, because I think I think it has cool visuals. I think the attack on Stark's um, on Stark's house is really well done, and it looks really cool. The final battle is whatever; it's fine. Um, but the thing that really gets to me is the not only the execution of, but just the whole Mandarin uh, bait and switch. I think I, I I truly hate that part of the movie, and I what? think the the part of it is. That they build up a really ruthless villain, and maybe thus far one of the most ruthless villains there has been. You know, basically someone who's serving as a domestic terrorist. Who's which, by the way, was a little confusing that he's a domestic terrorist, but all of the videos look like they were from somewhere else. But anyway, um, wait, what, but but I mean, the domestic terrorism was the idea that it was detonated on U.S. soil. That's what made it domestic. 
Right, right. Yeah. But he had, but he was like, a, he had an American Southern accent, so he was clearly an American. But um, no, I, I don't think that it was supposed to be something like unplaceable. I, I don't think it was ever hinted yeah, that he was American. And when he went Southern, I thought he was. I took it that as him just mocking Americans. Yeah, you know, I don't like. I don't when think he had there was that a- scene like when he had that weird that one that one video where he's talking like this. Like I thought he was just kind of mocking Americans in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and yeah, sure, that's fine. And so anyway, beyond that, I, I think it's just they build they build him up to be this ruthless villain, and then they pull the rug out in a way that I think is 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 <laughs> that feels like it's out of a the sitcom where it, it's like he's just this bumbling British actor. That's that's like in an Austin Powers movie or something like it was just well, well, that's what I loved. I real quick to the Shane Black thing. I think the Shane Black fingerprints are you're right. You can't you couldn't say, oh, that's a Shane Black movie. Right. Except for his interactions with the kid. Like when he drives off to when he's like, you know what? I don't see my sandwich like that kind of stuff. And when he has the interaction with the super fan in the truck outside the beauty pageant. That was a thousand percent. They just let Shane Black here just do what you want, and like, and I th- I think that's also in the Mandarin stuff too. The Mandarin reveal. Um, yes, yeah, that was. And, and here's why I loved the Mandarin reveal. And if you watch the very first video they show of the Mandarin, it kind of sets up the switch, and it kind of sets up the fact that they still don't know who the actual Mandarin is because now there's the, you know, they're saying he's Shang-Chi's father in, in the next thing is the, what he says in the very first video is you'll never see me coming. Well, why would you say that if you're putting yourself on a video? You know what I mean? So we've all seen him coming. We know. So I think that was the very first little nugget of, wait a minute. Why is this guy saying you'll never see me coming when he's front and center in these videos? So it makes you it kind of lends that first little nugget of oh is there someone else pulling the strings behind all this that we're just not even aware of yet uh, and and the first mandarin flag is in that terrorist tent in Iron Man 1 right so the 10 like, rings the 10 rings so you know that it, the mandarin is out there and it just makes you wonder, like, if Killian was just, oh, I know what I can do. Here's, I've heard whispers of this thing, so let me just fucking run with it, and because I'm not afraid of anybody, and I'm just gonna call it my, you know, say I'm that person. And I, but I do that scene with Ben Kingsley. I thought that was hilarious because the whole time you are thinking he's the big bad Mandarin, and then he's just a moron. And I thought that was hilarious. I the fact that he nods off in the middle of you know Stark having a gun on him was just. I mean, I I don't know. I just I yeah I I I, just, I, I love that. I didn't I didn't I, I like I didn't dislike that part. I don't know how well that whole thing fits into the plot. Like it's funny, and I think it's a good reveal, and I don't mind. I I like Ben Kingsley in the part, uh, and then I I know that there's like a short that comes after this that's on the the Thor, uh, yep. the Dark World, that with Ben Kingsley that sets and up Sam that there's Rockwell. actually that yeah. there, there's actually a real Mandarin. Yeah, and uh, like like that's fine, whatever. I, all this retcon shit, I'm not the biggest fan of Marvel <laughs> for doing. Like how Loki was supposed to be under Thanos's control and. In uh, the first Avengers. Anyway, um, again, I just don't know how the plot, how it figures into the plot well enough that they're using this super terrorist to cover up these accidents and then drive up the prices of of 
of technology. I, it just it doesn't seem to really track for me. I just don't I don't know that it quite all gels together. The Mandarin thing along with the extremist thing. Um, and yeah, then- it, it, I, I get what you're saying. To me, like it, I think it just barely connects it all. And then that, but I was just such a fan of everything else, like this, the, of just Tony and the way they played him. And like, I just was fine with it. Like, and to Cody's point too, yeah, the plot line is generic as shit, but I mean, but so is Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. I mean, it's just a buddy cop movie. It's Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. And they did it perfectly. Like it, I, that's what I love. Like, that's what I love about it. It reminds me of that line. I think it was Brian Regan, that comedian who had that joke about like, well, I just, I look at every premise as like, I'm a coal miner. And they're like, oh, airplane food. That's already been done. Well, let me go into that mine and see if I can find something. You know, like, mm-hmm. and that's what I that's what I thought was actually impressive about it was it was a very generic plot. And I think Shane Black like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Another just it's just two buddies. It's like a turns into a buddy cop movie. Like I thought it. I thought he did it great with both of them. It's like he did with Lethal Weapon. I mean, Lethal Weapon was you know another one of those buddy cop movies, and he just said, all right, well, let me just make them less crazy and and do Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and. <laughs> They both work. Yeah, I, I again, I, I like the touch, and I do like the the interplay with uh, when it when it kind of turns into Lethal Weapon at the you know the third act with Cheadle and uh, yeah and Robert Downey Jr. Um, again, it does not make any sense as the movie that comes directly after the Avengers for that shit to be happening, uh, and that's I guess that's the biggest problem I have with the movie. Um, I think it's again, I think it's a good movie. I it's not a good Marvel cinematic universe movie because it doesn't it 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 kind of throws it all away and not for a small story like I get how uh you know Thor the Dark World is is separate because it's all you know in Asgard mm-hmm. and then Captain America Winter Soldier is kind of a uh, espionage uh government intrigue movie but this is pretty broad and it doesn't that it doesn't acknowledge this giant team up in any sort of way that happened, you know, however many yeah. months ago in this in this timeline. Yeah, it seems like it seems like it's hard to swallow. I mean, it's, it makes the movie hard to swallow for me. See, that's I don't know why I said hard to swallow a bunch. It's, I know it's just going to get misconstrued. Well, but. <laughs> well, well, what I loved about that, again, though, was like how, again, I, I looked at this movie as let's answer that taunt that captain america gives him in avengers let's take away everything because they do they take away everything he loses jarvis he loses pepper he loses uh he doesn't have happy he doesn't have any of the avengers it's just him like let's see what you can do and i and i think i guess for the theme of the of the marvel universe it probably would have worked better right before avengers but you needed to explain the ptsd so i think that's why they're like okay he has something had to have really shooken him and it was yeah okay the fact that he almost died throwing a nuke at a bunch of fucking aliens that now suddenly exist you know so like um i think that was why it took place after to kind of go with the bit that's i i just love the fact that it's like we're not gonna have we're gonna strip tony stark of everything I think it just kind of reminded everybody you have all these other characters, but this dude is a thousand percent the face of the franchise, you know, and this is why. Like, that's kind of what I what I loved about the movie is that I thought I thought it did a good job of kind of making that point of like this guy is just is the hero, you know, and this is how he does it. And just to touch quickly on a couple other things, because I don't know if we're moving on anytime soon, but uh, 
I just I clearly liked it the least of the three of us, so I'm going to continue <laughs> bitching about the stuff I didn't like. Uh, um, w- w- so one problem that I had throughout, um, which we'll get into when we talk about the cast, I don't like the kid. I think the kid's annoying, uh, and I think uh, and I and I think it, it became a little bit grating. I, I think the other problem I have is that I, I feel again, along with the story being generic, I think it's also a little bit lazy uh, in that. I, I, at some point, I lost track of how many people you can't trust in the movie. Like, how many people are good and then suddenly they're bad. Like, you, I mean, like, especially with a character like Rebecca's Hall, Rebecca Hall's character, who I think she's an incredible actress and I really like her. And I wish they would have done anything with that character that was even remotely interesting instead of just having her make that turn. And then, of course, you have like the vice president turn that's stupid. And I, it's just, it, 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 it once you play that card of, oh no, this person's actually bad over and over and over again, it really stops losing, uh, or lo- stops having any effectiveness. So Didn't they just so, do it twice. It was just her and the vice president. Well, if you want to, if you want to talk bait and switch, you also have the bait and switch of you know uh, the Mandarin, and then you also have. Uh, technically, Guy Pierce is presented as a good guy and then is a bad oh, guy. Oh, now you know that guy's a creep the minute yeah. he walks in. I, I, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with you on the Guy minute Pierce, he starts talking to Pepper Potts. That guy's a creep. You know it. But like, that was there was no switch there. That you know that guy's the villain from the very beginning. So like, so let's sorry let let's go let's talk about the cast now because I want to mention something you brought up about Rebecca Hall and I don't know if you've heard this, um, but. Her character was originally supposed to be the main villain. I did hear that, yeah. And that that um, allegedly uh, uh, Ike Perlmutter, uh, who was in charge of Marvel Studios at the time, well, he was like the over. I mean, he's still the Marvel uh, pres- Marvel Entertainment CEO, but he was also he had control over the studio over Kevin Feige, and that he wanted the role reduced due to merchandising concerns. I don't even remember any merchandising for Iron Man three, but. Apparently oh, there's that... a ton of toys. I remember that because me being the it... stupid collector that I am. Yeah, I... yeah. I, I'm. <laughs> I, I mean, I have. I had a bunch from Iron Man two. I just didn't remember Iron Man three. I'm again. I'm not. Yeah. I'm no. I'm not casting stones here. Uh, but uh, um, it it does seem like they they really didn't know what to do with the character anymore. Like they'd already shot it or or written it or whatever and cast her. But it there there's a a little bit of pointlessness to the character. I I don't not a little bit a lot of pointlessness to the character because mm-hmm. she doesn't really do anything except double cross Tony. Right, you know, that's really all that happens. Right. And then and then tries to do it for noble reasons. There's that kind of weird little. They, I think they felt that kind of shoehorned that into. They tried trying to you know redeem I mean? her. Yeah. Uh, what what I think and yeah, I agree a thousand percent. The movie, as much as I love it, I love it a thousand times more. If it was just her as the Mandarin or because that hint is also dropped with that plant exploding in the opening scene. It's like, holy shit, yep. she's creating a fucking weapon. This mm-hmm. isn't you know what I mean? Like that is that I think that's kind of what they were going with. Right. And well, clear, and, clearly, I mean, there, there's no reason for Guy Pierce to be in the movie. <laughs> right. It's and she and again, it, it would also would have made more sense if she was the main villain because. Tony Stark up until Iron Man one is just a blatant womanizer. So then why wouldn't. A woman he fucked over in, you know, in any kind of emotional, physical way, come back to bite him. You know what I mean? Like that. Yeah, exactly. Is- yeah. I know. 100%. I, I mean, it, it, it bears all the, the earmarks of having been either recut or rewritten around that sort of thing. Cause, cause yeah. Guy Pierce is pointless. 
Um, we, well, either one of them is pointless. It can be made pointless by, you know, either erasing her role or erasing his role. And uh, yeah, it's more interesting for someone to get mad at Tony because they were into him. Right. Yeah. As opposed to just some guy who wanted a job. And yeah, and know, he like left that, it, and, that, he, and he he ghosted him and left him on the fucking roof that, for yeah, twenty minutes. Like, and again, as much as I like the movie, that's another. That's one of the problems I have is Guy Pierce's monologue is like I contemplated suicide. Like, who gives a shit? Just <laughs> move on. Who gives a fuck? This guy didn't like yeah, if didn't... I if I meet Robert Plant in an elevator and he goes, "Yeah, I'll see you <laughs> up on the roof in twenty minutes," and he doesn't show, I'm not gonna be like, "Well, I guess I'm dead now." I mean, fuck it, all right, whatever. You know, like you just you move on. And that's that same plot line that's been done so many times, like um, with uh, uh, Jim Carrey as the Riddler in Batman Forever. Right, it's basically the same premise. Yeah, and then uh, even though I haven't seen it. Um, I know Jamie Foxx in Amazing Spider-Man Two. Yes, mm. has the same storyline. Um, but but Rich. anyway, um, since he is, <laughs> you see Amazing Spider-Man Two. This thing is Citizen Kane. You know, like <laughs> that is true. Uh, uh, so, speaking of Guy Pierce, um, h- how did, did you two guys like him? I feel like he's just playing the standard Guy Pierce character at this point. Yeah, he was. You know, it was, again, it was a very a villain that was in the grand scheme of the Marvel universe. And even in the movie, like not that interesting and whatever. Um, but I thought he was fine with it. Like I thought he was still good. Like as an asshole, I thought he was still, you know, I thought he still did some good little subtle things. I thought were, 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 were interesting and, and good, but like, yeah, overall it was like, I mean, he's fine. The guy's a good actor. You could tell, you know, like, um, yeah, that was, uh, I thought he was fine. It was, it wasn't like, the worst casting choice they've ever made, nor was it the best, you know? Like, and one thing I will defend about the kid is the kid was annoying too, but I love that they knew that. That's why Tony was such an asshole to him. You know what I mean? Like that's, I I was, I I loved seeing someone just treat the cute kid a little bit like shit. I thought that was, I thought that was a pretty interesting choice. You don't really see that in those movies, you know, where like, uh, you know, where if in Dick Tracy, if Warren Beatty told that stupid little kid, yeah, dad's leave, don't be a pussy about it. You'd be like, what the fuck? Like, you know, like that's what I liked about it. Really quickly on on the subject of Guy Pierce, I think I, I I think it is just a normal generic kind of Guy Pierce role. It's something that he's done. I mean, he basically did in Bloodshot last month. Uh, right. Not not a whole lot different in in the in the fact of the nuance of the of it all. But I think the the biggest problem I have is once the Mandarin reveal happens and Guy Pierce is is seen to be the real villain about it. I don't really know that he presents himself to be on the same level of menace or evil or um or or as like scary of a villain um that mandarin was and so i think it takes the whole villain threat down a notch as a result of that which i think is another reason why i don't love the mandarin reveal but i don't know that he quite i don't i think that they kind of set that up in a way that that he that, like it, it's almost as if once once the once it's shown that the mandarin is not a real thing I feel like the threat starts to, at least the the like intense, scary type of threat kind of starts to wane a oh, little I th- bit. I think you're absolutely right about that because one th- another uh, another thing I didn't like about the movie is what is Killian's real threat? So he's just fucking making soldiers explode. 
Like, you know what I mean? Like, what's he really do? You know, like, that was the other thing. It's like, okay, what, why are we so – the Mandarin you're far more afraid of when you think that he executes that bad lawyer in cold blood or that banker or whatever. You know, like, shit like that. But Killian, like, well, what is he – I don't even understand what I'm supposed to be afraid of. If other than I'm the not, fact that he just can't, like, die seemingly in that last right, battle. Right, like, right. It's like, I don't it's, know what until there he does. is to be – I don't know what there is – yeah. Like, I don't know what there is to be – like Thanos, you know what to be afraid of. You know what I mean? Like um, uh, all the most of the villains in the MCU, you kind of know what. Oh shit! Yeah, I don't want to fuck with that guy. But he was just yeah, this was kind of like I don't know what I'm supposed to be fearing here if he wins. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of I guess one of the problems I had with the with the Killian Mandarin characters. Like I don't know what I'm supposed to be afraid of if if Iron Man can't beat him. You know, like yeah. So, so, uh, um, just to real quick round out the casting. I mean, besides stuff. killing the president, you know, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, still like, well, yeah, let's, was- let's talk about that. Uh, this, this movie kind of fills out the edges with people that, you know, um, in the roles and may not, you know, they're not, they're, they're, they're character actors. So like William Sadler plays the president who of course, um, I think pretty famously was, uh, the grim reaper in Bill and Ted's bogus journey. Yes. And has had a lot of kind of roles like that. Um, was in uh, Shawshank Redemption, um, the two Tales from the Crypt movies. Um, also, uh, um, Miguel Ferrer plays the vice president yeah. for like five minutes total, maybe. Uh, yep. uh, it, really quickly, I don't know if you're going to count these people as part of the character actors, but I just wanted to say, too, that I think the the, the whole henchman characters um, from James Badge Dale and, oh, yes, and, and yeah. the Ellen Brandt character, I think, are also <laughs> worthless in the grand scheme of the movie as well. Well, but, I mean, James Badgedale was saving the kind of right hand man, the guy that with the in the in the small town attacked the water tower. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's kind of the basic villains henchman guy. Yeah, yeah. And then the and then the woman was the one who literally has one scene where she kind of chases. Oh yeah, Stephanie yeah, Sostak. But, yeah, but come on, like that is another Shane Black. She she is there for another great Shane Black line of you walked right into this. I've dated much hotter women than you. I mean, that yeah. was I, I that, thought that was fucking corny. The, the setup, <laughs> but the the setup for that scene is so messy. Yeah, it well, really yeah. Was. What I didn't understand is if she's trying to get the mom, why does she walk out of the bar in the first place? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's yeah. what I didn't under. I didn't. I didn't understand that whatsoever. That's like if in Endgame when. Scarlet Witch and Hawkeye walk up to get the Soul Stone. They see Thanos leaving, <laughs> and then he and then he comes back. It's like, well, wait a minute. Would he just be there? Like, would he just like? I mean, I know Thanos wasn't in that scene, but you know what I mean. Like, if that, no, I get just, yeah. Like, it's it, wait like, a minute. Like, and then like Dale Dickey, uh, who plays the 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 mother, who's played that sort of like crackhead. another character actor. <laughs> Yeah, uh, was, she's always like the sad white trash lady, right? Like that's yeah. She was it. She yeah. was in uh, My Name Is Earl as right. Patty, the daytime hooker, and then she gets right. crushed by an ATM in Breaking Bad, and that uh, was her. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or maybe it was was it her that got crushed, or was it her husband? I can't remember. What anyway? She was in that scene. Um, but yeah, that scene makes no sense um, when you think about it. Like, why is she leaving, and then and then she like, walks back? Like it was just like. That may, yeah, that was just weird. That, that oh yeah, was a... that also uh, um, uh, brings up the uh, the the actor who played the um, the uh, the sheriff in that film, 
mm-hmm. or in the movie, was also in uh, Captain America as like one of the newsreel announcers. Oh, was he really? Yeah, I can't remember his name, but he's got that. I think he's. Um, um, oh God, who is that guy? Um, uh, I don't know. I, I can't find his name right now. But anyway, um, also um, I want to bring up uh, uh, one last person, Adam Pally as the yeah. cameraman. Uh, who has a, a funny, uh, a very funny scene, kind of stupid, um, but funny. I thought in you, you said this is a very Shane Black um, uh, scene, Jerry. The scene uh, where where Robert Downey Jr. sneaks into the satellite truck. Yes, and the guy's like, "Oh my god!" I yeah, that I I, I really like that scene. I thought that was a funny scene. I I liked it because I like Adam Pally, and I and I yeah. and I. And I kind of hope that he keeps popping up in these tiny roles. Like him, his role in Sonic the Hedgehog was great. Was, yeah, um, really good. Yep. It, I, I kind of. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I forgot about Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, it was, it was such a good uh, part. And I think I would love to see him. And he's joked about too, just offhand, just being part of the MCU as well, <laughs> which is really funny to me. <laughs> wait, and, uh, real quick, another another. If you want to go, like, wait, what just happened? That 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 whole scene in the small town. Is weird too because he he kills the girl right, mm-hmm. but the other guy's not dead. The one who dropped the water tower and he just leaves. He's like, "All right, I'm just gonna <laughs> yeah. get this car and take off." That dude's still there. Like, like that was another weird. Like, wouldn't you just make sure that he's somewhere else, or you know, like, yeah, just I, maybe stuff him in the trunk or something? Yeah, that was the thing. I don't understand how these the extremist guys died. Like, in, unless they blew up like themselves. Right. Like you could blow them up, but then they would still come back until they didn't. Because like in the climax, uh, uh, you know, the Mark 42 armor yeah. blows up with uh, uh, Killian in it. Killian in it, and but then he's better again until uh, uh, yeah. he blows up again. I can't remember. I just uh, think that they, with him, I just I suspended disbelief a little bit with that, and just thought he was so jacked up on it. That he could, you know, he had one explosion in him that he could survive. You know what I mean? <laughs> like he had, he was able to get blown. He could get blown up once. All the other ones, you blow him up, that's it. But that guy, he could get blown up. Uh, you, you had to blow him up twice. What did uh, you guys just speaking of? Since we're on the subject of like the extremist stuff, what did you think about the ending with Pepper falling in and then kind of? it's not talked about or reacted to for a good five minutes. And then suddenly she's out of the rubble. And then, and then also like suddenly having all of these uh, like abilities that she didn't have prior to falling. Well, they're clearly, yes. they're, they're clearly do, uh, you know, performing the procedure on her. So I figured that's what was happening. Right. They gave her the extremist, but I think the one thing that bothered me about that scene was just how I think there should have been a more defeated reaction from Stark. Yes. True. Point. Yeah. It, it that just was kind of like yeah. It reminded me a lot of of how uh, in uh, in Endgame, I feel like the Black Widow death kind of hits with a thud, and it's in like it takes a while for people to actually kind of react to it. Yeah. Um, it was similar to that where she just she literally just you watch her fall, and then and then I think Tony He's just back to fighting. Yeah, looks sad, and then goes back to fighting. <laughs> goes back to fight. It's it's weird. It and it it, it it's that is kind of. The problem with um, with movies of that of comic book because like in the comic books you get there's just a little bit more time to mourn. Does that make sense? That you you have like you yeah. don't have to just rush to the next scene. You can just actually take an issue to deal with somebody dying, you know. And I think 
that was the problem with the Black Widow scene. It just happened so quick, and then it's over. I thought, and I really don't understand why they didn't do the uh, the one they cut, where it just is a big shootout between yeah. her, Hawkeye, and Thanos. It's it's still not as devastating as they wanted it to be, but I think it's still way better than just the the way she dies in in Endgame. It would have been better if they'd used that cut scene. I guess the hard part is having to explain then how Hawkeye gets out of that, right? But <sighs> no one gives a shit about Hawkeye. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to go back real quick. Uh, Spencer Garrett is the actor I was talking about. Uh, okay. the sheriff. He was also Alan Kincaid in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That's where I've oh, seen him recently. Hey. The celebrity interviewer guy. Yeah. Uh, hang on a second. Hello. You ever chick straddling you and you look up and suddenly she's pulling from the inside out, kind of a bright orange? Yeah, I've had that. Who is this? It's me, pal. Now, last time I went missing, if I remember correctly, you came looking for me. What are you doing? A little knock and talk, making friends in Pakistan. What are you doing? Your redesign, your big rebrand that was AIM, right? Yeah. I'm gonna find a heavy-duty comm set right now. I need your login. It's the same as it's always been, War Machine 68. And password, please? Well, look, I gotta change it every time you hack in, Tony. It's not the 80s. Nobody says hack anymore. Give me your login. War Machine rocks with an X, all caps. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, okay. That is so much better than Iron Patriot. All right, so we are seven years uh, past Iron Man 3 at this point. It's 2020. Um, This came out in 2013. Uh, We are something like um, 14 movies past, or have there's been 14 movies that have come out since then, right? We're on 21 or 22 Marvel movies. I can't remember which it is. God, I think 22 now. Yeah, I think I think uh, Far From Home was 22. So this is the this was the seventh film, and uh, uh, this is the. Uh, now we're 23rd far from home was a 23rd movie. Okay. So now we're 23 in. how do you think this one, this movie holds up compared to all the Marvel ones? I I think, uh, yeah. And in general, also Marvel thus far as well. Right. Um, God, I think I still, I still love the movie, but it's, it's hard. It's getting harder and harder to crack my all-time list, you know, because yeah. I just think they've gotten so much better at storytelling since these movies and getting their point across in a movie. Or, you know what I mean? Like, I think they've, I just think that the ev- everything has just gotten better and better. Like, I mean, as much as I loved Iron Man 3, I think it came out before, right? Because then Guardians is just like, whoa, shit. You yeah, know what Guardians I mean? Guardians like, was 2014, yeah, I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy, both of them are just like I, I take both those over this one, right? Like, and um, mm. and man, I God, it's I think it would probably make my top ten, but now it'd probably be in the in the higher, you know what I mean? Like maybe honorable mention, something like so that. So your top like, ten of Marvel films, it might be like just squeaking by around the top now. Yeah, like the I mean, the bottom of the list, you know what I mean? Like it would be I because again, I just really love how. They decided to make a whole movie over the one taunt that I think hits the hardest when Captain America tells him, like, what are you without the suit? Like, I just really like how they showed him still be a hero without the suit. I really, I, that's, I really, 
I think that's why I have an affinity to that movie for that. But, like, I don't think it touches any of – I mean, the Captain America movies are all so fucking good, yeah. you know, and just every one of them. It's just I, – I totally agree. I think Winter Soldier is the best movie they've done. Oh, man. Winter Soldier is so good. I mean, Civil I, – I love Civil War, too. I mean, just – I think the Captain America movies just knock it out of the park every time, you know, and so I think – like the, the more those happened, you know the well. You, you know, here here's something that that I've talked about with a bunch of people before, and I don't know why it is. It's always seems to me in this in this first two or first I guess three phases of the Marvel stuff that the Captain America movies are the only ones that seem to move the rest of the universe forward mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to these solo projects because Iron Man. This Iron Man 3, and this is one of my biggest complaints about the movie um, and, and its place, is that it doesn't, like, the, the Tony Stark that ends this movie does not reconcile with the Tony Stark in Age of Ultron. Like, they're basically, he basically has the same arc in Age of Ultron. Right, 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 right. Um, and that's, that's, I think, one of the reasons, I think that's more of a knock on Age of Ultron than this movie. Well, yeah, I, I, we'll, we'll talk, I mean, Age of Ultron is not a good movie. Um compared to other things but it doesn't like this movie leaves iron leaves tony stark in a place that like he you know this this was this would have been the 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 swan song of iron man had this been just a standalone series like there wouldn't have been a sequel to this this would have been right yeah but um for whatever reason the captain america movies are the ones that that collectively move the universe forward like even the thor movies um until ragnarok I would say Guardians do. I think the Guardians do too, just because they they give you the broader space scope of what's happening in the MCU. You know, like I think I think them and the Captain America movies definitely. And of course, Ragnarok was the first Thor movie to really be like, "Whoa, shit, we're," you know. And I mean, again, like not to you know not to go too much on it because you still got a while till you get there. But I just think. Civil War was so impressive how it still was a Captain America movie and yet they were able to throw in fucking everybody yeah. into it and it still worked as a Captain America movie. I thought that was beyond yeah. impressive. Well, the thing about Guardians real quick is it it's I agree with you that it that it broadens the world, but I don't know if you if you've watched it in a while, it is completely insulated from the rest of the Marvel stuff. So I think they were cognizant of whether or not people would be accepting of it, which is, again, <coughs> excuse me, as Cody and I talked about last episode on Avengers, it's bonkers to think that this was ever in doubt. But it, at a time, I feel like it was. Yeah. You know, whether or not people would accept this stuff. And Guardians is... It's the biggest complete, swing they had. At- it's the biggest swing they had, and it's completely isolated. So if it tanked or, or it sucked or no they one They could have walked cared, away. Yeah, they right. could have just walked away. I mean, I think the the one thing though, of course, was how the, how they added to the Marvel myth was introducing uh, the Nova Corps and all that kind of stuff. Like that yeah. was, um, yeah. And then of course Thanos being a, an actual character in it. Like I think that was the first movie where he actually ha- had a role other than the little wink at the end of Avengers. Right? Was yes. Guardians when you actually see him kind of commanding mm-hmm. Ronan the Accuser to go out and do his shit for him. Like that yeah. was. Um, but yeah, like I think, that, yeah, the Captain America movies by a mile are so good at just bridging everything. Yeah, Cody. Yeah, and you know, for me, and this is this is maybe the the craziest revelation I've had doing this podcast thus far, is that um, 
one one thing that that I think both you and I noticed was that both Iron Man two and Thor were really not as bad as we may have thought they were. Um, and I think yeah. both of us liked them a lot more than um, than we thought we did initially, or we did initially. Um, and in keeping in line with that, I think Iron Man three is the worst movie since The Incredible Hulk. I would take Iron Man two and Thor over Iron Man three if we were ranking them. And Let me ask you this real quick though: Why did everybody hate the first Thor? I had no problem with that movie the day I saw it, a year later, five years. I don't understand why Thor 1 got so much shit. I'm like, what's just, what's wrong with it? Like, it's not, yeah, it's not a fucking masterpiece, but I thought it was fine. I think it's, I think it's a little, um, I think I personally, before they, before they found the humor in Thor, I think it was, it was very uh, mediocre. Yeah, I, I I think I think it was so. I think that the parts that I didn't like the, the first time around was I thought that the fish out of water thing it was like mm. a one note fish out of water right, type stuff. Right. I think that it takes Natalie Portman and takes her to be this like really smart, brilliant scientist, and then suddenly she's like fawning over Thor's abs and stuff. <laughs> it, like it, it, it just it does it has a lot of kind of, uh, and and also I think it 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 serves as is context to where. Loki became such a great character, and in Thor, he's a nothing character. He's got right, yeah. no no personality or anything. I so I think that it, it, it you know it, it's 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 the first one that's sort of um kind of like really fantastical, and that it takes place like on another uh, in right. another world and all that stuff. That being said, I think we when we when we reviewed it um, for this podcast, we both came out thinking, you know what, that wasn't. That that was actually pretty decent. It's it's not bad, and especially with Iron Man two, I think both of us were surprised that Iron Man yeah. two is not that bad at all. Uh, Iron Man two has one of the most. That was uh, still, I think, one of the more epic. Just as far as just a cool visual, when he just spins and fucking takes out all those suits at once, that was a great action sequence. That was like, wow, that was really it. And Sam Rockwell is so underrated oh, yeah. as a wannabe Tony Stark. He was perfect as this lame. I'm like this. I'm like you have Tony Stark and he's Elon Musk, and I thought it was hilarious <laughs> how good he was at being just this lame dipshit trying to be cool. Yeah, and yeah. I I, I want to. I, I can't wait to hear the Thor two one because I. Always had no pro. I again, not a great. I I loved uh, what they did with Loki and Thor two. I thought Thor two made Loki a way more interesting character than he'd been in anything else. If I recall Thor two, um, and I don't really remember it much at all, uh, I, I feel like that was what there was one too many Loki fakeouts in it for me. Yes, that's what that's right, the thing right, that right, I right. remember. Yeah, yeah, where he just always. But that's his thing, of course. You know, like that's kind of his. His move, but yeah, it's yeah. it is interesting how um, you know they've. I, I think Joss Whedon really found the character in Avengers, mm -hmm. and they can't. They've ever since then they can't really let him go, and I think he's been written poorly, like in Thor and Thor Two, and then really great, like in Ragnarok and Avengers. Um, oh, and man. Uh, it's but Ragnarok I think it, was the best. That was the best Loki. Oh, ever. I mean. The fucking, uh, you know, I, I I need to revisit Ragnarok because I was, I was less enchanted with the uh, Asgard stuff with Idris Elba and, um, mm -hmm. um I think uh, what's the uh, Carl Urban's in that part too? Yeah, right? yep. yeah, Scourge, yeah. Uh, 
Scrooge. But uh, I, I was less. I, I that part really brought the movie down for me. But like the the scene with Korg um, in the prison where <laughs> where Loki disappears and he runs to, like to kick the wall and says "piss oh, off amazing. ghost." I mean, <laughs> that is such a great great line. Amazing. Yeah, like I yeah, Loki is he gets way better as the MCU moves forward. They can't get rid of him. Dude, here's why they'll never get rid of him. I was actually at the Hall H Comic-Con. I was actually able to get seats that year when they showed the footage for Iron Man 3, for Guardians, and for Thor Dark World, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they opened it. Feige walks out, and he's talking about Thor, and then it goes black, and you hear Loki like, like insulting, and you think it's a scene from the movie. And then the lights come up, and he's standing. He's just standing right there in the full Loki. <laughs> and it was the place exploded. Like people were chanting as they were just chanting Loki. Eight thousand people, and you're like, oh shit, they're onto something with this guy. You know what I mean? Like it was. Yeah. yeah. They're like, I, okay, we can't. This guy's gonna have to stick around for a while now. Like, yeah. Damn. Yep. So yeah, I I put it at as the as in, in my opinion at, up until this point I think it's the second worst uh, MCU movie behind um, only behind um, it, only behind it is the Incredible Hulk. I don't see well, yeah. There's nothing will ever be worse than the Incredible Hulk. Like, <laughs> nothing there's unless just, they try it again. That, I think there's, yeah, there's um you you both watched Thirty Rock right. I've seen it, yeah. I not that much, honestly. Sadly. Oh, yeah, so I there's a the there's boat. a joke there's a joke where Judah Friedlander's character um, is like been corresponding with a, a woman in prison that he's like wants to date, and it turns out to be Susan Sarandon. And one of the when she gets out and he finally meets her, one of the things he sells her is uh, like the stuff that she missed. He's like, they kept making Incredible Hulk movies and they were so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Something like to that effect. Anyway. It's going to take someone like Taika Waititi to do it for me to be like, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll be excited about a Hulk movie. You know what I mean? Like, it's going to, you're going to have to have just some really exciting, interesting filmmaker, I think, run with it in order for it to, for, to, for the Hulk to be that, well, exciting in his, in his own movie, just where it's the, the Ang Lee movie is not like it's very stylish. It's better than the Marvel one. The Ang Lee one I thought was better than the Marvel movie, the Marvel Hulk with uh, the, who I don't with even know who Edward directed Norton. them. Yeah, was, I uh, like the, the I like the Eric Bono one better. Freeze! Don't move. You got me. Nice potato gun. Barrel's a little long. Between that and the wide gauge, it's gonna diminish your FPS. And now you're out of ammo. What's that thing on your chest? It's a uh, electromagnet. You should know. We've got a box of them right here. What does it power? Oh my god! That. That's. Is that Iron Man? Technically, I am. Technically, you're dead. Yeah, with point. What happened to him? Life. I built him. I take care of him. I'll fix him. Like a mechanic? Yeah. Hmm. If I was building Iron Man and War Machine... It's Iron Patriot now. That's way cooler. No, it's not. Anyways, I would have added in, um, 
the retro... Retro-reflective panels? To make them stealth mode. You want a stealth mode? Cool, right? That's actually a good idea. Maybe I'll build one. Not Oops. a good idea. What are you doing? You're gonna break his finger? He's in pain. He's been injured. Leave him alone. S sorry. Are you? Don't worry about it. I'll fix it. So 2013, when Iron Man 3 was released, other big superhero movies it was up against, other than Thor The Dark World, which we'll talk about in the next episode, Man of Steel. Ugh. <laughs> Jerry, what did you think of Man of Steel? Uh, I never bothered watching it. Oh, For real? Oh, wow, that my, is shocking. I heard from all my friends, it is such a piece of shit. They were, <laughs> everyone was like, Superman. And again, I don't mind changing things about characters, right? Like, I, that's fine. If you want to change their ethnicity, their gender, fuck it, change it, right? But Sherlock Holmes is, should always be a detective, right? <laughs> like, and, and, and Superman, Superman should always give a fuck if people die or not. <laughs> he, that's, that is what, that is, because if he doesn't give a fuck if people die or not, he's a fucking psycho. And now we're in real trouble <laughs> yeah. because this thing that can kill you just by flicking you doesn't care about life. You're, we're all <laughs> toast. We're dead. There's nothing left. So that's why when I heard that, like, there's just this buildings are crumbling all over Metropolis and he's just throwing Zod into buildings where people are getting like, I was like, OK, I, well, I don't give a shit. One of the most interesting things, I think, to come out of that. Um, and you're right. I mean, there is like a blatant regard, disregard for human life. I think. Did you either of you notice this in Avengers Ultron? They directly respond to that. Yes, mm -hmm. uh, when they're evacuating Sokovia, they clear the city. They sh I, it was of course they should. Like it's it, it is, and I don't understand why it, it all gets cleared and it becomes way better if when the first building in Metropolis starts to crumble, you just see this red blue blur. And then all of a sudden the building's empty and he still punches Zod and everyone's like on an island. You know what I mean? Like is Superman could technically do that. He's that fucking fast. You know what I mean? Like it it just it was so weird how well, <laughs> you uh, you haven't seen it Jerry, but there is some blatant stupid product placement in it for <laughs> oh, I, for IHOP. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> it literally like like has a, a a whole scene that occurs like in a destroyed IHOP. Uh, so look, I, I'm, I'm with you. I don't mind the changes to the character. Um, and I don't think that, that Henry Cavill is a bad Superman. He's a good actor. You see in the Witcher series, that dude's good. I haven't seen the Witcher, but um, my sister loves it. And I, I haven't seen it, but, uh, he, this movie doesn't do anything with his Clark Kent. Like it turns him into this sort of wandering hobo, Right. For doesn't for he his... work on the Alaskan deadliest catch <laughs> fucking boats? <laughs> like, yeah, he's basically in the whatever the town that that Aquaman is in. I don't think it's the same one, but okay. so it ruins the like disguise of it. So <laughs> there's so much to this movie. Oh, and God, I'm so sick of the Christ allegories for oh Superman. Uh, Superman. Like they yeah. literally call like say he's they literally call mention that he's 33 years old and oh god oh, for fuck's Enough. sake. Enough. <laughs> uh but but so there's this plot line and Cody you remember this right with um Kevin uh Costner plays uh 
Jonathan Kent. And he's concerned that super that uh, his son will be exploited if anybody knows his secret. And there's a tornado coming to Kansas, Smallville, and they get stuck in it like on a road and like Jonathan Kent helps like get people under the bridge. And then the family dog runs back to the car. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, as the tornado is coming, something about he, he, Kevin Costner, Jonathan Kent can't make it back. And like Clark is going to go save him, but then he, he waves him off, like tells him not to. Yeah. Because he would give up his secret to these fucking hillbillies for some reason. <laughs> Meanwhile, after this, kid's already like re- re- uh, saved a busload of kids from drowning. <laughs> it just doesn't have any kind and of fucking rednecks have been saying they've been probed by aliens for thirty fucking years <laughs> and nobody believes them. So if they're like, "I saw this kid stop a tornado," I'm like I sure you did. <laughs> yeah, like whatever. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, whatever. Meth mouth. Let's go. <laughs> they. Uh, but but then like um the Clark Kent thing is almost completely useless because he spends all of his time outside of of being you know uh, you know wandering the earth without the glasses without the cover story right and then when he finally does become superman he's like superman for a day when all this shit starts happening and then <laughs> he gets a job at the daily planet as a reporter like the next day like I, I, it's none of right, it makes any fuck right. like there there's not there's some elements in it that are good like there's some some interesting takes on like um you know uh zod coming to earth like what how this happened how they have to get used to it but then it just becomes like this massive carnage of uh like metropolis is almost leveled and it makes for a good setup for batman versus superman which i still don't think you know, I still think the Bruce Wayne arc is the best part of that movie, but man, Man of Steel is just so grim. Yeah, and it's and it's also you. It has that sort of like, um, like that Zack Snyder sense of um, like like grit, the like fake grittiness, where it's just right. like, oh, let's make this as dark as possible, and Superman is. God, is, he's so bad with that shit, man. Yeah, I it but the it really ruined the whole like a uh, ten years of this DC stuff. Like they're they're still trying to recover from all. Uh, oh, they're still crawling out of that fucking crater. Yeah. Yeah. Um, God, you know, and man. I I don't think that I, I do think that that they were smart in using the setup, you know, the the kind of missteps of that to set up Batman versus Superman, but then like, you know, blowing that thing halfway through with whatever was going on with Lex Luthor. Um. Yeah. <laughs> I, I if you ever get a chance, I say watch Man of Steel, Jerry, just to see what the all just, the, all right, yeah, the fuss yeah, is about. Um, so moving on to a a movie I actually really liked, uh, the Wolverine came out this year. Yeah. Not that bad. That was a fun Um, one. It was, I mean, he mangled really brings it home with Logan way better. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The Wolverine wasn't terrible. I didn't mind that one. Um, I liked it a lot up until the climax or like the third act when it gets kind of goofy. That scene where he's taking all the arrows and shit. That was awesome. Like there, that, that whole part was great. But the final battle was, yeah, the train scene is great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember this one all that well. I do remember seeing it, and I remember it being at the time. So, so the really big thing about it was that it was originally supposed to be directed by Darren Aronofsky, um, yeah. and, and at the yeah. time, everyone was like, "What? Like, why?" <laughs> uh, 
uh, right. and um, and then Mangold took over. But um, I, I remember being somewhat let down by the movie, but thinking that there were elements of it that were kind of cool, like the train yeah. scene. I, I do that's the one scene that I do remember, um, and um, and then also just the idea that um, you were dealing with a with a Wolverine who was sort of vulnerable physically, yeah. Um, yeah. Which again, Mangold brought home a lot better in uh, in Logan. But I do remember those elements being at least the different a different take on what we had seen this far. I actually have, have never seen X-Men Origins Wolverine, so I had nothing to compare oh, it lucky to. Lucky you. Oh, lucky you. Good Lord, that is a bad, bad movie. You know what you should watch? I, if you just saw the opening credits and that's it, you'd be like, whoa, this thing's great. <laughs> oh, the, the the montage with him and yes. uh, um, Saber Schreiber. In different, Shri- in different wars throughout time. Fucking great. That should the- have been the movie. That they wasted Lee of Schreiber oh, in this movie was so a, bad. a damn shame. And so I mean, bad. and uh, you know, Ryan Reynolds, of course, is Deadpool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, really. Uh, bad. Going back to to Darren Aronofsky real quick. Do y'all either of you remember when he was supposed to make a Batman movie? The Batman movie. Nolan? Yeah, he's gonna make him like a homeless guy, right? Yeah, it was gonna and he, yep. like Alfred was gonna be a mechanic called Big yep. Al. I mean, it was gonna be <laughs> fucking stupid. That sounds fucking awful. <laughs> yeah, he was gonna be homeless. And like Alfred would let him sleep at his fucking little garage, yeah. And that's where that's where he kind of jacks up and makes a Batmobile and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, that was gonna be. Do Do you remember um, speaking of Wolverine? Going back to Wolverine, do you remember the end credits scene that teased um, like the? It was like it had Patrick Stewart and uh, teased Days of Future Past. Yeah, that was that was. I love that part. That was great. That Days, was, uh, uh, oh man, that was because Days of Future Past. That was the best X Men movie. And oh yeah, I loved, yeah, me too. Yeah, that, I thought that was a great tease for that. That was awesome. Yeah, um, and then uh, so uh, the other, the last big movie we'll talk about, uh, comic book movie that came out in 2013, Kick Ass Two. Mm. Um, Jay, I heard that like- was I. I loved the first one, and a buddy of mine, he was also a save your money, is what he told me. I I did I'm I'm not a Matthew Vaughn fan. For for one thing, um, I, I think his movies are kind of one note and all, and like they they think they're they're way cooler they they think they're way cooler than they actually are. Um, yeah, I, layer cake I, I liked, but it really is just a bunch of dudes trying to look and sound as cool as humanly possible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Kick Ass Two cake. isn't directed by him, no. but I think he produced it. I didn't like Kick Ass. Uh, Kick Ass Two, I I liked even less. Yeah. Um, Despite having Jim Carrey play kind of a, a nutso character, yeah, I um, I, I love I, I love the first Kick Ass. Um, yeah, but interestingly, I guess it's really not that interesting. But I I don't know that I've ever seen all of Kick Ass Two because when I was at the press screening for Kick Ass Two, someone had a seizure in the middle of the movie. Whoa! And they had to stop the movie. And then they had to try to find the spot again, and they and like after like half an hour they restarted the movie, and I think everyone was sort of like not paying much attention to right. it. So, yeah. so I don't really know that I remember uh, or even saw. I think I watched it again, over again, and remember not thinking that it was that great. Um, but um, I, I remember being and I and Jared. This has been a. Uh, something that Jared and I have talked about a lot over the years because Jared has been a kind of like a vocal kick-ass critic and I was someone who I actually like really liked. I mean, I don't, I don't love Matthew Vaughn either, but, uh, but I really like that first kick-ass movie. Well, uh, I think the best part of this movie is Chloe Grace Moritz again. Mm-hmm. Um, 
she has that scene where she like kicks everyone's ass in the cafeteria. Where it becomes they, like, like a mean, it becomes like a Mean Girls movie, right? Yeah, and then there's like the scene where, because because you know she's kind of flashing back to to the Nicolas Cage, um, what's his name, Big Daddy, Big yeah. Daddy, uh, character, and then like there's the scene where like it becomes like a Mean Girls thing, and then when she finally like like discovers like she likes boys or whatever, like she like puberty hits or whatever, yeah, like that's a great scene, like it's yeah. a. It actually has some personality, but like all the shit with Clark Duke and fucking um, Christopher Mintz Platz, and uh, I mean, it's just I just couldn't stand it. <laughs> I mean, it was just I was I was not a fan at all. You didn't like the toxic mega cunts? No, I mean, it felt like a it it all feels like a really a, like like low level, real low level Kevin Smith shit. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fair. That's yeah. funny. <laughs> you know, and thank you, by the way, for listening. But something about just getting it off my chest and putting it out there in the atmosphere instead of holding this in. I mean, this is what gets people sick, you know? Wow. I had no idea you were such a good listener. To be able to share all my intimate thoughts and my experiences with someone, it just cuts the weight of it in half, you know? It's like a snake swallowing its own tail. Everything comes full circle. And, and the fact that you've been able to help me process... So, you with me? It was, yeah. We're, we were at. Uh, you actively napping? I, I was. I, I, I drifted. Where did I lose you? Elevator in Switzerland. So you heard none of it. I'm sorry. I'm not that kind of doctor. I'm not a therapist. It's not my training. So? I, I don't have the. What the time? Temperament. You know what? Now that I think about it, oh God, my original wound, 1983. All right. I'm yes. 14 years old. I still have a nanny. That was weird. As we mentioned earlier, the stinger for Iron Man 3 is a joke. And it's uh, that Tony Stark has sort of been telling this whole the story of this whole movie to Bruce Banner, played by Mark Ruffalo again, uh, as a sort of therapy session. And he nodded off mm-hmm. and that he <laughs> kind of nodded off like right away at the beginning of the story. Um. So one of the one of the this is kind of um, along the same lines of the Captain America teaser and the um, Avengers teaser that didn't really move the story forward. You know what's interesting is that is that I wonder where along the line you're gonna get you're gonna start getting the like two teasers because that because typically and traditionally what what started happening was that you would put like the move the story forward one after the initial like actor credits. And right. then post credits altogether would be like the funny tag or something like that. Right. right. Um, so I, I'm interested to see when that starts showing up. But yeah, I mean, I I, I think this one I, I would prefer stuff like this instead of the moving forward stuff, just because of the moving forward stuff. I I and and I think maybe this is someone as like a not a comic book per, like reader. I was always like, who was that? I don't, I don't know. Who right. <laughs> right. <laughs> there are a lot of those that I there's some of them are like I'm like I have to figure it out. Like wait a minute, what? I, I, and I, this is a, the saddest brag of all time. But I was the only person at the theater in Avengers who jumped up and screamed when Thanos turned around. I was like, "Oh my god!" Everyone's like, "What the fuck? Who's this?" I like, I remember having to explain to oh, everyone. I, I, saw I mean, it I knew who, I knew who Thanos was, but like then, um, again, going back to uh, uh, Days of Future Past, which is not a Marvel movie, but. When it teased apocalypse, apocalypse. That, yep. yep. I, I was like, 
wait a minute, who is this again? Because I'd only ever I'd only ever seen him as like the big lipped, you know, kind of right. robot guy. Right. Um, but yeah, I was I was like, what the fuck is this? Dude, the and minute I, they showed the sand dune, okay. I looked, I'm like, oh god, apocalypse! Like I was so excited. <laughs> little <laughs> little did you know that that movie would suck. Oh so my bad. god. Oh man. Well, let's yeah. real quick. Which is the worst X Men movie? And and we're and we'll count we'll count the Wolverine ones. I have to go Wolverine Origins. I think that I think that's yeah. the most inept because it's like, yeah. it's clearly it's clearly like something like didn't get polished or finished. But I just I still think Apocalypse is the worst. I I go I would go Wolverine Apocalypse and then the one that the fucking Rush Hour guy made X three. Oh. Uh, I I still like X three better than uh, Dark Phoenix. Man, Dark Phoenix I, is fucking awful. It's bad. That would be my number four. Um, I think like it's between those two. Yeah, uh, I I go back and because I haven't seen Origins, but I go back and forth between Apocalypse and Dark Phoenix, and I think maybe Apocalypse is is maybe slightly worse. But man, Dark Phoenix is it's bad. Man, when when they have when it takes when there's a thirty minute scene of them crossing <laughs> a street, I'm just like, oh my street. god, <laughs> so oh, bad. God. Like, um, and then and, uh, and then again the fucking. James McAvoy doing the Monty Python stupid walk <laughs> sketch was like, what is happening right You're now? You're just like, daring the audience not to laugh. But, but yes. did Cody did uh, at your press screening or, or Jerry, when you saw it, did when Ty, uh, Ty Sheridan like gets tough as Cyclops and says like, fuck you or something or I'll <laughs> oh, fucking kill so you. Like bad. did the whole studio, uh, the whole audience laugh? Cause it yeah, I, my I was watching it with Eddie, and Eddie and I were both like, what is this? You know, it was just like <laughs> enough. It, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of when I when I, uh, when I I saw it. What was the fucking – oh, God. I know what you did last summer, I think. Um, the, fir- the first one. The first one. I think that was – had a young Ryan Philippi in it, right? It was Ryan Philippi, Freddie Prinze uh, Jr., Sarah Michelle Gellar, yes. and Jennifer Love Hewitt. Yeah. That so when this is what that Cyclops scene a thousand percent reminded me of. I when when I saw I know you did last summer in the theater. There was some scene where they're gonna go out and do something, and someone said, "What if that killer's there or something?" And Ryan Philby goes, "I'll beat his ass." And then this dude in the back of the theater goes, "Man, you ain't gonna do shit." And like, and the, the, yeah, oh, and, and that's fuck. like that's like tight. Blonde curly hair, Ryan Phillippe. Yes, yes. Like wearing wearing a wife beater. Yeah, <laughs> it was. Yeah, it's. I mean, it, it, Phoenix had a couple of good scenes, just action wise, like the train, like where she's just destroying the train. I thought visually looked pretty cool. That's the only reason I don't have it as like the worst, worst one. Like there was a couple of things I was like, yeah, I guess that wasn't that awful, you know, but. I Man, mean, the, the, it, it was still awful. Like it was an awful fucking movie. It's oh man, what have there been? I think there's been four good X Men movies. Well, so three. X, the, if you count X Men and X Men Two, then Days of Future Past, and I would say X Men uh, or uh, First Class is is okay. Yes, I go X Men One and First Class are all right, and then X Two and Days of Future Past are really good. Right, and then you've got if you've got the if you're counting the adjacent ones, I mean Logan probably tops oh, Logan. everything. God, Logan is the yeah. And then I think that I monster. think the two Deadpool movies are great. Yes, yeah. Um, but they're 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 different beasts altogether. Um, one of the things uh uh that Cody and I talked about when uh, 
we talked about uh, apocalypse i think on this show um there's a lot of like there, the, there's so much going on that there's a lot of that stuff where like they're you're checking in with characters and they clearly like it, it, it's not properly conveyed that it's supposed to be happening at the same time i assume because like they'll pick up a conversation they were having five minutes ago Right like, in, during this action scene, you're like, "What the fuck have you been doing this whole time?" <laughs> and I and I I hate so much the uh, Logan scene in that movie. It's I I love Hugh Jackman as Logan, but God, that that one bugged the shit out of me. I, Wait, also, in 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 I'm uh, oh, sorry, in uh, Apocalypse. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. It it, it, it also commits the sin of 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 hiring Oscar Isaac and keeping him under three tons of makeup the entire movie where right. he can barely, like he, you can barely see his lips moving. Like he's like, right. uh, if you talk to him or, or I'm not, if you talk to him, I haven't talked to him, but if you read interviews <laughs> with him, um, he, he talks about like how miserable of an experience that was because he oh, could I barely bet. move. I mean, and first and foremost, you should CGI him completely. Just do what they did with Andy circus, but have it be Oscar Isaac because apocalypse is eight feet fucking tall. <laughs> I mean, the guy, the guy is in in the comic books. He's never been shorter than eight feet tall. He's Thanos. He could, he could, he stands toe to toe with Thanos. It's, and it's like, and instead he's got, he's like, like seven, like six and a half or seven feet tall, and just bulky as shit. And right, <laughs> where's the Mandarin? Where is it? Whoa, whoa, whoa! He's here. He's here, but he's not here. He's here, but he's not here. He's, what do you mean? Uh, it's complicated. Hey, it's complicated. It right? is. It's complicated. Uncomplicated. Ladies out. Get out of the bed. Get in the bathroom. Sit. Ew. Oh, My name's Trevor. Trevor Slattery. What are you? What are you, a decoy? You're a double, right? Well, I mean, I can't study. No, absolutely not. Don't hurt the face. I'm an actor. You got a minute to live. Fill it with words. Just a role. The Mandarin. See, it's not real. Then how did you get here, Trevor? Um, well, I, um, had a little problem with, um, substances. And I ended up, um, doing things, no two ways about it, in the street that a man shouldn't do. Next. And then... They approached me about the role, and they knew about the drugs. What did they say? They get you off them? Said they give me more. They gave me things. They gave me this palace. They gave me plastic surgery. They gave me things. Did you just nod off? Hey. No, on a lovely speedboat. And the thing was, he needed someone to take credit for some accidental explosions. That's it for uh, Iron Man Three talk, Jerry. Thank you again for joining us. Hey, you I loved a, it. Thanks you, for having me. You have a, a perspective on this that I hadn't considered, again, that this was a response to one line in, in Avengers yes. Endgame. Or Avenger, <laughs> sorry, The Avengers, not Avengers yeah. Endgame. Um, yeah, so, uh, Cody, next up we've got Thor The Dark World, which I don't think either of us are looking forward to. It's it's probably the one of the the one movie of the MCU that I remember the least. Yeah. It's funny though that they revisited that particular one in Endgame, and I think everyone was like, "Oh fuck, I forgot about Thor: The yep. Dark World." Yeah, 
Yeah, and uh, this would be the last time that Natalie Portman plays um, or it is in the movie until uh, in these movies until she's coming back in the Thor uh, Love and Thunder. Yeah, because yeah, the, the, the endgame scene was just unused footage from Dark World, right? Well, it was um, it, it, it was it was unused it was a, footage with with re-recorded dialogue. Yeah, she oh, she okay. re-recorded the recorded new dialogue. Um, probably just on her cell phone and sent it, <laughs> right. mailed it, emailed it in, texted it to to the Russo brothers. Right. Um, but this is the one that um, um, first first appearance of uh, no wait, sorry, wait. There's no um, I'm thinking of Ronan the Accuser. Never mind. My bad. This is uh the Lee Pace is the Dark Elf. Yes. Um, yeah. Anyway, Malachi. It's. Uh, Malekith, yeah, the dark yeah. elf. Uh, so anyway, um, if you want to reach us, you can email us at podcast at cinesnob.net. You can find us on Twitter at Cinesnob, Facebook, Cinesnob Critic. You can listen to our two other podcasts, uh, Cines- the Cinesnob Podcast, uh, released weekly. Right now, uh, we're in quarantine, so we're reviewing uh, VOD movies. Um, that's going pretty well. Wait, do you mean is in it just trolls world tour? <laughs> what else is there? <laughs> there's a <laughs> like, bunch. There's a bunch of other shit. Oh that, shit! And, and okay. Some of it's some of it's literal shit. But um, <laughs> so okay, uh, real quick, is AMC bluffing, or are they really gonna? Are they really gonna not fuck with Universal once all this Regal is Regal just joined them. They're they're playing chicken. They're all playing yeah. chicken. It's a it's a constant game of chicken that 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 happens between studios and theater owners but right. AMC truly is bluffing when they're about to go bankrupt i, I don't they have almost no leverage in yeah, it yeah what are they going to do what are they going to do but but you know it, it's 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 like we uh saw with um uh, uh Netflix a few years ago what was the movie uh, Be- uh Beast or Ch- what is it Beast of no nation Beast of no nation yeah where they were trying to release that day uh on on Netflix and in theaters at the same time and Everyone balked, and wow. that's Cody's like cause celebrity thing that he loves. He wants theaters <laughs> to die. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, the Cinestop podcast, also Quarren Stream. Uh, we've got four episodes out right now as we speak. The first two featuring Jerry Rocha. Hey, hey well, that was fun. Talked, it was a lot of fun. We talked um, um, uh, Finders Keepers and uh, uh, Chopping Mall. And can I can uh, I give you some redemption here, Jared? What's that? I checked out Man vs. Snake afterwards. Oh, really? And I, it was great. And I, I think it was so funny how, like, it's, I was telling uh, Eddie, it was like, dude, Billy Mitchell, it was like those weird moments where Thanos helps the Avengers in the comic books. Like, <laughs> seeing him, like, somehow not be an asshole and be, like, this cheerleader for the other guy it was fucking wild. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a very different take on Billy Mitchell. And then you get, like, all that weird uh, Walter Day shit, too. Oh, my dude. Young, jacked Walter Day? How funny was that? <laughs> Walter Day, like, the last guy you'd fuck with on a beach was that one <laughs> shot of him. It was like, Jesus, what happened? This guy was like a fucking... Oh, man, that was amazing. I'm, I'm glad you liked it. Uh, that That's, of course, a documentary about a, a guy uh, who plays this na- game called Nibbler. A guy whose name is Tim, Tim McVeigh. <laughs> Tim McVeigh. Oh man! Uh, and the best yeah. part was how the Italian guy could not give a fuck. <laughs> that was like he was just like, "Yeah, I got yeah. a hot wife. I don't give a shit about this video <laughs> game anymore." It's so yeah, weird. I, I broke the record. I don't give a fuck now. Um, then the the we've got two more episodes out of of Corn Stream with uh, actor Greg Sestero from The Room and uh, writer of the Disaster Artist. We talk a lot of Disney Plus movies, and Greg has a 
a, a way, way deeper knowledge of 60s Disney films than I would have ever anticipated. Oh, wow. Yeah, like Disney Disney live action films. Yeah, he's he's encyclopedic about that stuff, and and also has a super deep connection to, uh, to the some of the movies that we talk about, and uh, we may have uh, ruined that for him based on on, on the movie that we selected. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, it's it's a good it's a good listen, and I was I was very surprised because Greg and I are about the same age, and I think Jerry, you're probably about the same age, like yeah. in your early forties. Yep. So um, having a connection, such a profound connection to like a, a movie that came out in the 60s, like it, it's it's I would I would remember going to rent like those old live action Disney films at Blockbuster. You know, my parents would make me and my sister get one <laughs> because it's the only thing we could agree on. Um, and nice. the, like Greg had such a profound connection to one of them was kind of a real big surprise to us. But you can crazy. listen to that now. Listen to that now on uh, wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. <coughs> Please give us a rating. Uh, also on this show, if you like us, um, if you like what you hear, uh, leave us a review. Give us a five-star rating so we can get uh, found easier. There's the, it's, it's harder to get found on, on Apple Podcasts these days. Yeah. Um, pretty much if you're not the Joe Rogan experience or from NPR, you're kind of screwed. Hey, look, at least you're not trying to make trying to elbow in with being a webcam girl. You know what I mean? That's that is the that talk about a flooded market right now. Yeah, the <laughs> OnlyFans is probably uh, bursting at the seams with oh uh, man am- amateur stars. Uh, well, Jerry, thanks a lot for joining us. Yeah, thanks um, for having me again. This is great. It was uh, you have a, a very unique perspective on this film that um, <laughs> I think that the two of us were like, oh god, and. Uh, and uh, <laughs> And uh, Jerry, go ahead and uh, throw out those plugs too. Oh yeah, I'm sorry, I forgot. Plug, plug oh, away, yeah, please. Shit. You can listen to Cody and I and Eddie on the Ramble every uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday. And uh, I have my Retro Rocha video gaming thing, which I have on YouTube. Just go follow my YouTube channel, and I talk old video games. And then uh, pretty much every night, I'm twitching. Twitch.tv forward slash Retro Rocha. Just finished Donkey Kong Country. Uh, last Ooh. night, so yeah. I actually I've never really played Donkey Kong Country. Oh, it's I don't know great! Why. It's so that fucking fun. I think probably because it was like seventy five dollars when it was right. released. <laughs> it was because it was so visually, it was like, can you believe it can look like this? You know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, and now you're like, yeah, I can. It's right? Cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I do love uh, your videos for uh, the Ramble with. Um, is it Cody's head on uh, Burt Reynolds? Burt Reynolds, yeah, naked Cody. Yeah, yeah. thank you. <laughs> yeah. Like we can't figure out how else to get him on. Like it, you know, so it's like technology. Uh, yeah. Why don't you just zoom right in? Why don't you just zoom in? That's what everyone's doing now. I wonder if we can put the zoom on the back of the green screen. That might work. That Let's might see. work. Yeah, but I, I also get to share a, uh, a body with Vern Lundquist and, and various yes. like misbehaving celebrities as well. Yes, we like. I think I think maybe Jared from Subway was part of that at some point yeah, Jared recently. From Subway, uh, let's see, Jared, I think Dave Campo has been up there naked. I think uh, Vern Lundquist was a big one. You kind of stole his thunder. Uh, there's, there's, you know, that's we kind of had to edge out that, naked Vern Lundquist. Real quick before we go, um, because I just thought of this, that Burt Reynolds picture where he's like furry and laying there covering yeah. his junk. Um, when I was in middle school, one of the classes I, one of the things I took was, uh, like the, the class where you can be an office assistant. Did it, either of you ever do that? Yeah. No. We're like, like you work in the administrator's office. So I was in the principal's office 
and the atten- one of the secretaries there had that picture like taped up beside <laughs> Stop. her desk. Stop! I swear to God! <laughs> I swear to God! <laughs> she had that picture of Burt Reynolds wow. taped up. Oh man! <laughs> God damn! That's hilarious. Oh, and it was like kind of hidden behind blinds, so you could like, oh, was like the edge of her armrest like rubbed off. (laughs) I tell you, I tell you, the one thing at the DMV here in my neighborhood when I have to go anytime I have to go, it's because it's so drab. It's so just. You know, who wants to be there, right? It's right. soul-sucking. Every cubicle of the people who help you, there's no anything to them except one where a woman there has an autographed headshot of Billy D. Williams. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, this is this is the best part of the DMV. Is, is, it, is it young Billy D. Williams? Oh, yeah, it is. Okay, oh, cool. shit. He, it, that is some fucking Nighthawks, Colt 45, Billy D. Williams oh, right there. Shit. That is... Because I, I have a oh, pic, man. I have a picture with uh, old Billy D. Williams where he couldn't give a shit. He's just right. a puffy old man. <laughs> That's great. Uh, That's great. Uh, all right. Well, Jerry, again, thanks very much for joining us. Yeah, and thank uh, you guys. join us, join Cody and I next time when we Ooh. talk about Thor: The Dark World. So uh, on that note, I'm Jared Kingery. I'm Cody Viafania. 